Welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. When Jesus was just an infant, when Jesus was a baby, there was a man named Simeon. Remember that? He was a godly man. He was a devout man. He served the Lord. He sought the Lord. But he was told that he would not die until he saw the Messiah. Did you know that? And remember when Jesus was getting dedicated, as Jesus was getting dedicated, he saw the Christ child. He saw Jesus, and it says according to, so as he was there uh, uh, to be dedicated, it says he took him. That's the same word. In other words, he took this child, and he just embraced this child, and he realized that this is the Messiah that he was holding. And he says, he says so he took him up in his arms, same word. So think of this. He's holding the word of God, and he's embracing the word of God. Jesus is known as the word of God. Matter of fact, in my devotional time, I love how God does this. I'm in Revelation chapter 19, verse 13, tells us when Jesus Christ comes back the second time, it says his robes will be dipped in blood because it's not his blood this time, it's the enemy's blood, right? But it says, and his name is called the word of God. Simeon's embracing the word of God and he was told he's not gonna die until he sees the Messiah. So he's looking at his savior, Doesn't that blow your mind? And this is what he said. He took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. He says, for my eyes have seen your salvation. As he's holding the word of God, embracing, same word. I think of my father-in-law, and I've shared this before, but my father-in-law out in Scotland, when we received a call that he was dying, and so we, he prayed to receive Christ just before, you know, like two and a half weeks before he died. But, but all he wanted, his last living days, all he wanted was the Bible being read to him. And I literally, I, I'm not even exaggerating. I would read for hours and hours. I'm just reading the Bible, the Bible. And then so finally, my wife says, you know, he, he used to love to watch TV. He watched it all the time. He never stopped watching television. So we would just asked, you know, do you want to watch TV? He goes, no, read to me. So literally, I've shared this before. I'm reading for hours and reading, and then I have to get up and you know use the restroom. And so I waited for him to fall asleep, and I'd set the Bible down, and I'd, I'd go to the door, but he'd hear me click open the door, and he'd wake up, and he'd literally, uh, the first words out of his mouth, Joe, read to me. And I would get sit back down. I moved around a lot in my chair, though. It was like, but listen, he got it. He understood this is God speaking to him. And when he heard the part about baptism, he said, baptize me. And right on his deathbed, before he died, I got to pour the, you know, a large, big old cup full of water over his head. I wanted him to do this, the shaking thing that's getting out of water. And he just, he was, he was, you know, shaking like this. But check this out. This is how much God used it. So here, out of obedience, he's hearing about being baptized. And so the, the priest was there. His priest was there. So his priest was there. And, and so I told his priest before he got baptized, I said, so I'm going to baptize Daniel. And he goes, well, wasn't he baptized as an infant? And instead of, you know, getting upset, which I didn't do at all, I said, well, think through this for a minute. I said, we don't see nowhere in the Bible infant baptism, do we? And he goes, no. And I said, even Jesus was an adult when he was baptized, remember? He goes, yeah. And throughout the Bible, if you read throughout the Bible, it says they believed and were baptized. They believed and were baptized. He goes, wow. And he's like, that makes sense. This is a Catholic priest. But it's the word of God. Working in Daniel's life, all he wants is the word of God, but seeing the results of, of the word of God at work. And so it's a powerful thing. God's word, as we embrace it, 
The psalmist, Psalm 119.11, says, the, Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not do what? That I might not sin against you. That just taking his word. Listen, as we, we, we realize, wait, this is God speaking, but then the, the word of God is we're going to look at. It's implanted in our hearts, but what can happen, listen, the Bible talks about this. The cares of the world can choke it out. Deceitfulness of riches can take it away. Sin can rob us and take away the word of God. And so it's so important that we realize that we, we hide it in our heart. In other words, we guard it in our heart. We were like, no, I'm not going to let anything take this away. This is God speaking to me. I know it's real. And don't let anything rob that from you. Have you ever listened to a, a Bible study before in a teaching? And you're like, wow, that really spoke to me. And then you tell someone, ah, oh, yeah, I just listened to a Bible study. It was really good. And then they ask you, well, what did you learn? And you're like, oh, well. Okay, I learned, um, wait, it's, well, it, was, it was so good. It was, uh, wait, what, okay, we were in uh, the Gospel of John, right? Well, what chapter? Ah, uh, hold on a second, let me think. <laughs> no, the psalmist says, thy word I have kept in my heart, I've guarded it in my heart, that I might not sin against you. Paul, writing to young Titus, talking to him about what the qualifications are for a minister. But I believe, even in this passage, this is for a minister, but I believe this is for all of us as believers. Talking about the word of God, he said, he told him that the qualifications are those that are holding fast the faithful what? Word. God's word. Holding fast. That means to cling to. So the qualifications for a good minister, they have to cling, cleave to the word of God, right? The faithful word. But listen why. As they've been taught, so when they, they're taught, don't let anything come in and, and take it away. That he may be able by sound doctrine teaching both to exhort. I love this. Check this out. Exhort means to build up. So the word of God, he needs to know the word of God. Why? To build up those that need to be built up in their faith, but also to convict those who are contradicting. So in one hand, the word of God, is, as it goes out, okay, convicts those that are sinners, those that are, are not saved, but yet, on the other hand, building up the body of Christ. And so the importance of knowing the word of God, keeping the word of God, guarding the word of God in our hearts. And then he goes on, commending them, he says, but as it is the truth, the word of God, so they get that, which also, can we say that word together? Effectively works in you, who believe. This word effectively means to put forth power, mighty, to work effectively, to be effective. So Paul, the apostles telling them, I've seen it work in your lives. It's, it's working effectively in your lives. So the second point I'd like to make, the word of God can give us victory when we are tempted. And it's powerful. Tuesday night after the Bible study, as I was talking to different people, I met a young man and he wanted to rededicate his life to Christ. And so then he started telling me what happened. He says, you know, do you remember me? And I said, yeah, I look familiar. He says, well, I used to go to the church a long time ago. And, and he's, I won't get into the personal things that he told me. And he says, oh, but it's been a long time. And he says, but, you know, I want to rededicate my life. And so listen to this. His friend brought him, right? And his friend says, hey, pastor, tell him that you and I never talked about him. I says, what do you mean? He says, well, he was sitting in the service listening to the message. He kept giving me these bad looks. <laughs> and I go, why? And he says, well, he thought that I met with you and told him all about what he's going through. <laughs> and I said, no, I, we didn't meet and talk. And he says, I know, I told him that. And he says, once he found out, listen to this, once he found out that I didn't tell you everything, he started weeping through the whole service because he knew it was God speaking right to him. That's the power of God's word. 
God's word is powerful and it keeps us from temptation. It can give us victory when it comes to temptation. It's, it works effectively. I've seen God's word work effectively in my life. I've seen God's word work effectively in other people's lives. And, and so do we realize that it works effectively? Do we realize that when sin comes that we have the word of God? Remember Jesus when he was tempted he was, went into the wilderness. It said that he was fasting for 40 days, right? So he didn't, he didn't eat anything for 40 days. Now, I find it fascinating. So it first, it says he was baptized. So then the dove came upon him. So they went from the dove. Then it says that he was driven into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit, right? And then the devil came and he was tempted, right? So we, here he is tempted. And you guys know this in Matthew chapter four. And it says, after he fasted 40 days and 40 nights, after he was, it says afterwards he was, can we say it out loud? Hungry. This is God in the flesh, but he was hungry. Now when the tempter, that's the devil, came to him, he said, if you are the son of God, I believe that the better translation is since because he knows that he's the son of God. So since you are the son of God, command these stones to become bread. And remember what Jesus did. First thing he said. So it says, and he answered and said, it is written, the Bible, man shall not do what? Live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Every temptation he had, you know this, it is written. It is written. I don't believe at all it was for Jesus, to tell you the truth. He's God in the flesh. It was for us. For what? To teach us to know the Bible, that when we're tempted, it is written. But notice, listen to this. You need to apply the word of God. Don't, don't think just because you know the word of God, you can quote the scripture and say, oh no, it is written. Like Jesus, he quotes the scripture, right? He says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. But then he didn't, after, you know, the tempter left, he didn't say, well, that's a good suggestion, though. And he started, then he makes the stones into bread and he starts eating it. No, no, he applied the word of God. We're not just to hear it. We're not just to quote it. But the application is so powerful. When we apply the word of God, there is such power in applying the word. I had a lady come to me years ago, many years ago, and she was... Real serious, she goes, Pastor, I want to let you know something. She says, I sleep with my Bible every night. And I said, that's beautiful. And she says, yeah. She goes, I put it next to my heart, and I go to sleep, and I, I sleep with it. I said, that's great. So you read your Bible every night? She goes, no, I don't read the Bible. <laughs> I thought she was joking, and she wasn't. She goes, I just feel safe with the Bible in the bed with me. And I, and I feel protected because the Bible. And I said, that's great. But I said, you really should try reading it. <laughs> Because it's going to help you even more. She goes, really? And it's like, I, yeah, really. You should really and apply it. The application is so important. Not that we can just quote the scriptures. Talking about the word of God. Psalm 19.10 says, Moreover, to be desired than they than gold. That's the Bible, the word of God. Yea, the much fine gold, sweeter also than honey. And the honeycomb, the Bible. Moreover, by them your servant is what? Warned by what? By the scriptures you're warned. Don't. Go that way. Stay clear from that. And in keeping them, there is what? That's applying. That's application. When you apply it, great reward. You guys know this. Hebrews, Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is living and powerful, 
sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit and joint and marrow. It's the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The word of God, it's, it's living. It's, it divides between soul and spirit. Your soul is your mind and your thoughts, your personality. The, your, the spirit is the, how we communicate with God. Our spirit bears witness with his spirit that we're children of God. I connect on a spiritual level with God. So what it's saying, listen, is the word of God will discern what's right and wrong. You might think something's good. You might, you know, I've had people say, well, pastor, I know it was from God because I had goosebumps all over my body. And that's good. Sometimes we'll have that. You know, it's just be the, the, the you know, minister to us. We'll have goosebumps. But my point with this is don't go on the goosebumps. It has to line up with the word of God. And sometimes it'll be so powerful, you'll have goosebumps. You're like, wow, this is God. But it has to line up with God's word. We can be fooled. Make sure it's his word. Make sure it lines up. His word is powerful. The word of God is living and powerful, sharper. Did you notice this then? Any two-edged sword? Do you realize the power the word of God has? Any two-edged sword? God's word. In my life, before Christ, before I became a Christian, I knew something was missing. Hopefully you're all like that, right? Was there, before you became a, a believer in Jesus Christ, it's like, I know there's something wrong. There's something missing in my life. I had success. I had, you know, all kinds of things. I had, you know, good career. I had cars. I had whatever I wanted. I had a lot of things that whatever I wanted, I was able to obtain it. But I knew there was something missing. So I would, you know, I went to counselors a couple times. I went to psychics a couple times. I went to a hypnotist once or twice and tried to get hypnotized. Someone says, oh, you need to be hypnotized. They bring up your past and you get all this stuff. So I'll try anything. So I, I try, I've shared this before. And literally it's like, it's so empty. And I remember just, I'll never forget, because it's just crazy. I'm sitting on the table, and the, the hypnotist is saying, okay, close your eyes. What do you see? And I said, nothing. <laughs> and then, this is how crazy it is. She goes, well, let's go with that. And I was like, go with what? There's nothing. <laughs> like, and then she goes, well, just, you know, just keep looking and keep looking. And I was like, and then I saw like a little dot or whatever because the light was on. And she's like, okay, there's the light. Well, yeah, let's follow that. I'm like, I'm laying there thinking this, I'm going to pay this lady for telling me this garbage. But let me tell you, as soon as I gave my life to Jesus Christ and I opened up the Bible and I realized that God was speaking right to me, instantly I said, this is what I'm looking for. This is truth. This is real. This is God speaking to me. Amen. As we're talking about the Word of God, I believe we're living in a day where we're starving for good teaching of the Word of God in the world, in our country. And I believe it's so dangerous when we don't have the Word of God and we're not rightly dividing the Word of truth. And what happens is everybody will just do what's right in their own eyes. And we just start making stuff up. And that's scary when you see. And I believe we're at such a point where people are just, just making all this stuff up, but it's against the Word of God. The Great Reset they're talking about. And so here we have this Klaus Schwab's advisor. This guy, do you ever, we've looked at him before. I'm going to play a little clip here. This uh, Yuval Harari, I think his name is, something like that. But this guy's Jewish. This guy is very smart. He's like their advisor. So you got that going on. This is what happens when there's no Bible in society. Then you have this. You've got... So this Dems introduce a bill to fund abortion around the world now with foreign aid. 
So it's not good enough that they're going to fight to try to get it, you know, in every... It, I think I shared it last week or the week before. So they're wanting to, because of... Uh, there's states that do not have, where states are going to stand and say, no, we're not going to have abortion in our state. So they want to use federal waters so the states can still do abortions on federal waters. But now that's not good enough. So we want to kill babies all around the world. They want to use our taxpayer money. So everybody does what's right in their own eyes. Why? Because they don't know the Bible. And then this, you guys got to keep an eye on this because Pope Francis actively promotes unification of all denominations. So embracing all religions, all, you know, you name it, doesn't matter if it's Jesus or not, they're embracing all of it. But uh, doesn't the Bible say that in the, in the time of tribulation, there's going to be a, a religious leader, he's called the false prophet, and they will embrace all, it'll be one world religion. So very interesting, if you don't know your Bible. This is in Saudi Arabia, they're wanting to do a a city, how many have seen this? A city in Saudi Arabia, but it's like 100 miles long. I'm gonna show you a video of this, okay? This reminds me of the Tower of Babylon, but tell me what you think. And this is because of global warming. This is what we, they wanna do. It's taking global warming to a whole nother level. Let's go back in our text. So not only is he commending the, this new baby church, this young church, because the word of God is effective, but also it effectively works in you who believe. The Bible works inside of us. And so my final point, the Word of God works in us, and it is imperative for our spiritual growth. The Word of God works in us, and it's imperative for our spiritual growth. We cannot grow spiritually without God's Word working in us. We, that's the only way that we can grow spiritually is through the Word of God working in us. I, I mentioned already VBS and the power, just watching the Lord work. But when I was here on Monday, I was watching the different groups up here, and this place was filled with all these kids. And as the worship was going on, the word was being taught and everything. So I was observing, there was a big group of kids, quite a few of them. They were just kind of like looking around like, you know, like, wow, is this, what is this stuff? This is foreign to me. I've never seen. So, I mean, little kids are just, and they're kind of looking at each other like, what is this? This is nothing I've ever experienced before. And what, Bible? Jesus? But then day after day, after these kids were just getting ministered to and the word of God working in them, and then they gave their lives and they raised their hand, I literally, with my own eyes, got to see the same kids because I was watching different ones and I looked at them. So instead of doing this and like, oh, what's going on? And I don't even know what this means. And then they're just like hanging on every word and worshiping Jesus. The word of God works in us effectively, changing us on the inside. There's no other book that can do that. Bible, basic instruction before leaving earth, B-I-B-L-E. Dwight L. Moody said that the Bible will keep you from sin, but sin will keep you from the Bible. The power, the growth, without the word of God, there is no growth. I pray that that's happening in all of our lives. Just a great reminder for us, the word of God changing us on the inside. James chapter 1, verse 21, it says, therefore lay aside, we said aloud all, filthiness, and overflowing of wickedness, sin, and receive with meekness the, can we say that? Implanted word, which is able to save your soul. Second Timothy 3.16, as we talk about the word of God, it says all scripture is given by what? Inspiration of God. That means, literally means God breathed, right there, God breathed. 
God's speaking right through his word, and it's profitable, in other words, helpful, uh, it, it, it's pro- it'll profit you for doctrine, that's teaching, for reproof. It's important to know what that word means. So the word of God is for teaching. We already know that, but the reproof means conviction of sins. So it's there for convicting sin. It's, it's living, powerful. It's, it cuts in and it can convict the world of their sins. So uh, my suggestion is, if you know someone that doesn't know the Lord, uh, be careful with debating back and forth about certain things. Use the word of God. Why? It convicts of sin. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? The word of God. It's so powerful. It's like, it's almost like, so, so, so many people, they talk about the word and they just like, oh yeah, this sword is so sharp. Yeah, it's got two blades on it. This thing could do this and this, and it's so, it just, it's, it works so effective. Instead of just talking about, use the word of God. Use that sword. Trust that it brings reproof, conviction. Also, correction. Correcting means uh, correcting faults, training in righteousness, bringing improvement, the word of God. Instruction in righteousness means to train, to educate in the things of the Lord. That's the word of God. As we wind down, in Luke chapter 10, remember the true account of Mary and Martha? I love this story, the true story, this true account. Because <laughs> it says, now, and it happened as they went, he, Jesus, entered a certain village, and a certain woman named, can we say that? Martha, welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary. Listen to this. Who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his, in their living room, they had the word of God. One understood that, the other one didn't have a clue. Mary's there, please don't lose this picture. She's like at his feet, she's like, like her hair is getting blown back. She's like, this is God's word, this is Jesus. This is, and she's just sitting at his feet, soaking in his word, right? And what was Martha doing? You guys know this. Martha was distracted. She didn't even realize what was going on there. With much what? Serving, Serving. she's washing dishes, she's, you know, she's, whatever, cleaning the table, she's making food. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. So you get it. So here's, here's Mary just like, like just loving this. Like, wow, I, in my living room is the word of God. This is the Messiah. This is God that created. This is the one that spoke stars into existence. He's right before me. She's, she's getting ministered to. Martha comes in. She doesn't have a clue. And she looks at Jesus. Will you tell her to get up? As you read this, you realize what's happening here. She, I believe she thinks that, that Jesus is going to rebuke Mary, her sister. But he doesn't do that, does he? Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha. You know you're in trouble when someone repeats your name twice, right? Martha, Martha. You are worried and troubled about what? Many things. But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. What? His words. She got it. She embraced it. She knew. She was sitting in the living room, if you will, with Emmanuel. The word of God was right before her, and she took in his words. If you don't get anything else from this whole study, Please get this. The Word of God is so powerful. It's so needed. Perfectly, hopefully, daily, we're reading His Word, not because we have to, but we get to. And I hope we realize when we read His Word, all Scripture, not some, all Scripture, is God-breathed. Every word is God-breathed. It's God speaking right to us. It's living. No other book is like that. There's no other book 
that you can read where the author is with you wherever you go, unless you wrote the book. He's with you wherever you go. He's Emmanuel. He's God with us. He's coming back, and he's going to judge the world. And this time when he comes back, the blood that sheds not going to be his blood because he shed his blood for the sins of the world. When he comes back, the blood will be shed for those that reject him. The warning goes out. We know the truth. And when you know the truth, the truth of Jesus Christ, his word, sets us free. Amen? Amen. Amen. So as we close, the word. Do you know the word, Jesus Christ? And do you know the word, his word? And do you know that it's speaking right to you? I pray so. I hope so. Hi, this is Pastor Joe, and I'd like to take a moment to personally invite you to one of our three services here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor in Huntington Beach. Our service times are 9 a.m., 10.45 a.m., and 12.30 p.m. Please come and say hi after the service. I would love to meet you. For more information, check out our website at ccoth.com. That's ccoth.com. God bless you. You've been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettit and Outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. Our new location is at 4121 Warner Avenue in Huntington Beach at the beautiful Huntington Harbor Marina. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.